are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs uh, writer. Glad to have you back. And as the Spurs are looking to finish the first half of their regular season schedule on the good note, if you look ahead, that second half of schedule is pretty jam-packed. Is the second half in the schedule going to doom this Spurs team? Also on the show, we'll be talking about LaMarcus Aldridge and his apparently new role off the bench. Is this just something temporary or is this something long-term or there's something bigger uh, that may be coming down the line? Due to that more, I'm joined by Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter. Casey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Spurs, they got some busy days ahead of them, don't they? Yep, and they have to do it all while uh, battling COVID. The second half of the schedule, look, by now everybody's seen it. Everybody knows how jam-packed it is. The NBA is trying to get every team to get 72 games. The Spurs have 11 back-to-backs in that second half schedule. We all know the Spurs don't fare well. On, in a back-to-back situation, the guess the big question is: Do you predict that the way the schedule is stacked for the Spurs in the second half of the season is it going to doom them, or pretty much is it going to break or break them? I think it just depends where they're at health-wise with this COVID stuff. Because honestly, on the surface, right now, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I, it, it's good to see. It's good to see uh, Keldon Johnson looking. Uh, I guess a little bit more closer to game shape, but Rudy Gay has been MIA. Derek White's been MIA. Vassell's been MIA. So you're just wondering at a certain point, you're saying, okay, so when are these guys coming back? Are they sick? Is this a protocol? Because it's been a little while now and you're not really hearing much from them. So that's an aspect with this that is cautionary to me is their general health, the uh, general well-being with them, how they're going to respond. Because even if for one guy, if they were to test positive and they're they're having symptoms with this stuff, it's shown that it mm-hmm. has an impact. I mean, Jason Tatum's numbers are down and he was out for basically two, three weeks with it. That combined with all those things that you just said, referring to the schedule for me, yeah, I think that's a little cautionary. On top of the fact they do, of course, play some pretty good teams, too. That doesn't help. I mean, yeah. still have dates, a couple games with the Clippers, still have Milwaukee in town, still have Philly a couple of times. If, to use the term make or break, I guess theoretically, saying I was going to say initially that's too strong, but theoretically, if you got a tough schedule and you're banged up in the process, make or break might be accurate. You know, you ask the Spurs right now, they'll say it is what it is. You know how Pop is. He says, that's just the way it is. You just got to roll with it. A, they have no choice. And then B, at least they're aware of the task ahead. But Casey, it's the mental aspect. Most of these guys are getting their first taste of a real NBA season, quote unquote, because, you know, what's going on. For guys like Keldon, for guys like uh, Derek, um, for guys like Devin, when he does come back, this is going to be uncharted territory for them in the second half playing almost every other day yes and no i think more so it's impactful for the the cells the keldons of the world as opposed to the Derek whites of of the world i think at this point Derek, i think at this point Derek white has pretty much experienced just about everything as you can experience for an nba player no but Mm -hmm. i think the point you're making i think the point you're making though is accurate 
I do is that this has been a very much uh, unconventional season, as we know, and it has not made the game and everything that goes along with it infinitely easier. It certainly has it. But if there's anything going for the Spurs in that aspect is that they're not alone in going through this, this thing. I don't have every teams and schedule in front of me, but the other 29 teams. Right. But I'm going to operate under the assumption that a majority of them, their schedules look very similar to San Antonio's with the with the back-to-backs and the quick layoffs mm-hmm. in between. If I'm a betting man, again, I don't have it in front of me, but if I'm a betting man, I'm sure a lot of teams look like. So that sort of levels the playing field a little bit because if you're facing it, there's a good chance the other team's facing it as well. But the reality of it is this, you still got to do it. And when you do it, it's it's not easy. No, it's not. You know, you mentioned everybody has to go through this. Uh, the Spurs are not the only team. The Spurs do have the most jam-packed schedule uh, in that second half. But there are other teams that are going to have 10 back-to-backs. I think there's about three of them. So, yeah, I mean, they'll have some company. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, this team is by far exceeding expectations uh, ahead of the season. Many thought you and I even thought that they'd be pretty much down in the water by now, but here they are in the thick of things in the Western Conference uh, playoff race. Now, the good news is, is that although they are, there are still some heavy hitters in the second half, it is leans, it does lean more to the Eastern Conference, and the East isn't as tough as the Western Conference as far as level of competition. But at the same time, you just don't know what Spurs team you're going to get this uh, as the season progresses. Are you going to get the ones that drop games that they should not have dropped in OKC you know, recently? Or are you going to get the uh, team that pushes the Nets to the brink, you know, that goes into the Los Angeles uh, area and beats the two teams out there, the Lakers and the Clippers? I think that's where I struggle. I'm saying if they're showing some inconsistency now, whew, imagine that second half, Casey. I know. Yeah. No, that that's that's – that's very much valid. But if there's anything that we have seen with the Spurs team in terms of that department, the area of consistency, comparatively speaking to last year, they have made strides in that aspect. That OKC loss that you were referring to the other day, uh, I guess two weeks or whatever it is now, the, the yeah. Dort buzzer beater, how, however many days ago that was now is that that team was undermanned. So to a certain degree, you got to give them a pass. Okay, okay, fine. The first day without, what was it, six guys they were down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five COVID plus DeMar. All right, so six guys down, you give them a pass. But last year, it was not that foreign to see the Spurs drop a game to an Atlanta, to a Cleveland after beating the Lakers or a heavyweight just like that. That's one positive aspect is that it has – been there it's been better and part of the you know part of the reason this is a better spurs team this year but it's not gone away entirely it hasn't they still lost to minnesota on that trip where they beat the clippers and and the lakers on back-to-back nights i don't know if i want to go say very much a concern but it's certainly there it's certainly to keep in mind you look diving into that second half schedule. You mentioned a few of the teams, the Clippers, home and home with them. But they started off that second half against Dallas. They still have to face the Blazers. They still have to face the Bucks. If this is a team that's going to rally, it it is, and I believe fully believe that. And here's why: because you look at what they're going through right now, being so undermanned. Patty Mills uh, talked about it, saying that this is actually bringing the team together. They're 
they have the in the trenches mindset and i think they're going to carry that in the trenches mindset to the second half when they know they got to come together and come together quick and play with some more uh, consistency and look they're going to get their full complement of players once the break is over and it's like an eight eight day break there'll be no spurs action for eight days and a that's great for rest and healing and bumps and bruises b it gives the the, the young guys the ones that uh, were on that COVID protocols enough time to get their wind back get their legs back so many should look at this break as just a good long break at the right time ahead of the crammed uh, schedule and if you're demar Derozan, yeah i know you got snubbed and you're probably hating it but this might be one of the situations where maybe he's kind of like silver lining this Whew, at least I don't have to play. I can rest up for the second half push, Casey. Yeah, I mean, from a physical and a mental standpoint, too, yeah. it's been it's been taxing. It's it's yeah. been taxing. Go home, spend time with your family. Right now, the all-star break could not be coming at a better time for the Spurs with all this COVID stuff going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the best case scenario for them. Right now, I think it's adding up just the lack of depth the lack of bodies, the, the lack of healthy bodies, and the fact that they're playing guys essentially essentially out of position or in roles they, well, yeah, I guess we can pretty much say <laughs> out of position, minutes yeah. that normally they wouldn't be getting. And at the, that you saw it in that Brooklyn game the other night. And maybe it's not a product of, entirely a product of being shorthanded, but in that Brooklyn game, that Brooklyn game the other night when they went to overtime, they looked worn out. Yeah, they, they were. were they just. Yeah. They look gassed. They look gassed, and you wonder if that was kind of a trickle down of everything else that they're going through, loading up on minutes and just mm-hmm. the unfamiliarity of what they've been. I mean, it could be. So I think the fact that they have the break coming up right now, it's been a couple tough losses over the past couple weeks. But it's not like things are spiraling out of control or anything right. like that. It's been a small, small bump in the road. You go to the break, you catch your breath, you regroup, and that small bump in the road stays exactly that. And the good news is that even when they were uh, down um, due to the COVID virus, they, they pretty much were rising in the Western Conference rank because other teams were just losing. So mm-hmm. that helped. We're going to be uh, shifting gears now and talk about LaMarcus Aldridge. In his career, since his rookie season, he saw a big bump happen to him. That is bumped to the bench. Is this something that is going to be temporary, long-term? Well, as the kids say, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I want to talk to you about how March is National Sleep Month. And as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our good friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. They got dozens of options to help you relax, recharge, and enhance your nighttime routine. And there's nothing more calming than a nice hot bath. So try out the CBD bath salts. The few superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxurious spa experience. You can choose from lavender, eucalyptus scents, or soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. While the CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salt, and calming natural scents to help you soak away the day. So what you need to do right now is head on out to CBDMD.com. Use promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. 
are back, and I'm joined by Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter. Follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. Well, hopefully time will heal uh, things for LMA, who's been A, benched, B, been dealing with <clears throat> injuries. <clears throat> Sorry, still a little cough there, uh, Casey. And in uh, the last night's game versus the Knicks, he was out due to a stomach illness. But by now, everybody knows that he is now relegated to the bench. My question is, though, Casey, is this just something temporary because he's been dealing with injuries and maybe this is just a reconditioning plan for him to come back? Or is this more of a permanent move for the Spurs moving forward if he's still on the team at the end of the season? If he's still on the team at the end of the season, I think it's a permanent move. But right now, I think that's a big if. I do. And I will say I will say this. I will say this. Mind you, it's only been a handful of games. Right. But the idea of Aldridge shifting to the bench was kind of foreign to me at the start of, at the start of the season because I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't. But on the contrary, I didn't I didn't think the regression was going to be at this level and he would struggle the way that he has. But you got to give the guy credit. Got to give the guy credit. So far, he's been a pro about it. He has, largely, at least, at least mm-hmm. saying the right things to right. everybody else. Well, he doesn't really do many uh, media uh, sessions after games or before games anymore. That was that was true. I mean, he's yeah, uh, he's so far he's saying all the right things about it. But assuming he were to stay, which I think is a reasonable assumption, knowing the lack of. I guess anything that Spurs tend to do at the deadlines, they're just an overall better team on the floor when it's Jakob Hurdle getting those minutes at the five. If you have Aldridge out there playing 15 to 18 minutes a night, 15 to 18 minutes, comparatively speaking to 25 minutes, 22 to 25 minutes, you can live with that just to spell a couple minutes, but He's not what he was. He's he's not what he was, and the defense really being the big thing about it. He 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 does li- listen. It's not a lost cause. Well, we're not going to throw it all the way out there because right. he did show up. What, what was the twenty-one point net? I'm losing track of the game. Oh, that was against what game the, was it? the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans. So he can show up offensively on occasion, but what they need from them. As it's as it's shown with for them to flow, the Spurs roster consistently out there for them to flow, they need someone at that five who is capable, who mm-hmm. is capable, who can make consistent plays. The numbers indicated, the analytics indicated, <clears throat> excuse me, the analytics indicated that this team is suited best when they have more efficiency at that five spot from the defensive side of the basketball. Aldridge isn't bringing that right now. So yeah, then it goes back to the guessing game of what's his future after the deadline. Is he here? Is he a buyout candidate? Is he a, a swap in a, uh, for a team to get out of that, of a, get out of that bad contract, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs take on some form of nice compensation in return. Could be, could be all those things might be, but, in terms of the meantime, if he were to stay, if no move was made, I, I think this is this is going to be something we're going to see. Yeah, I think this is I think this is going to be something we're going to see. His decline, if that's what we're witnessing right now, it, it was just so sudden, just so sudden. Um, yeah, 
you look at what he's done uh, prior to the season in the off season, you saw him, you know, working out. He was sharing tons of photos and videos of him uh, in San Antonio dropping weight. You're like, okay, you know, he's he's gonna get thinner. You know, he's he understands it's a, it's a speedier game, and but it really hasn't translated. What I mean, what happened to that whole commitment to three point shooting? I mean, that's kind of gone off to the side now. But my thing is this, if they are planning to move him, and there have been reports uh, via ESPN, uh, reporter uh, Spears, that the Spurs are shopping LMA. A, I'm not shocked if that's true. But B, if they're trying to showcase him, they're not really doing a good job of it because he's coming off the bench. You want to show that, hey, he still has value. But at the same time, you already mentioned this on Lockdown Spurs, is that even if they can showcase him all they want, you're not going to get anything in value, major value mm-hmm. back for him. So no. it's kind of like damn if you do, damn if you what don't. Is there to, yeah, I mean, yeah. what is there to showcase right now? Yeah, exactly. There's not much to showcase. But other than that, that, some... that he can accept a bench role for a uh, contending team or just a team if they want to go that's in that fair. direction. I, I mean, that's fair. Uh, but in terms of getting back some significant form of, of compensation for him, the only way you're doing that is if you're taking a bad contract. That's it for a team that wants to get out of some dead money and they're able yeah. to attach it first, whatever it is. That's the only way you're getting something of note. It, it, I, I just don't see, I, I mean, maybe a late second round pick and theoretically. But here's the thing too. You, you look at LMA Okay, so he had a not-so-great night versus the Nets. Uh, two for four shooting in 15 minutes. Uh, what, he only have, he had four rebounds. Again, he's only had one double-figure rebounding night. What, Is that yeah. his only one he's had this year? The only one he's had. The only double-figure rebounding night, January 12th at, uh, versus OKC. Oh, boy. Well, against Brooklyn, two points in 15 minutes and uh, four rebounds and no blocks. So and he goes 0 for 3 from the field and 0 for 2 from the three point line. Here's the Fine. thing, though, man. He Let's... had a bad game, but prior to that, Casey, he had one, two, three, four straight games in double figure scoring. You mentioned the right. 21 point outing against New Orleans. He gave you seven rebounds um, February 24th against the Thunder. Uh, he had a couple of threes in that same game. He had a three in that New Orleans game. There's still value there, but it's just not the same as it was. Before this season, nor is it at the level uh, that we're used to seeing from LMA throughout his career. And this is a contract year for him. He's not really showing out. He wants to get a payday with some other team. The Spurs, A, they don't get anything really in value of him for a trade analyst. We, we hit on the head over and over here. He probably is better suited coming off that second unit. I don't think having him come off the bench is an end of the world kind of thing. I don't. Having him play 13 to 15 minutes depending on which way it goes some nights more if he's got a little bit of a hot hand depending on your matchup and it's not as if you have a total corpse at that point there are positive for as much as as people i guess kind of the narrative has changed on aldridge at this point to making him sound like he's a total waste of space there are productive things that he can do on the floor where I think a lot of people are probably and, and reasonably skeptical is that you can handle that in 12, 13, 14, 15 minute bunches. You can't handle that at 25 to 30 minutes when you have Jakob Bertel on the bench who can offer at least some consistency on the defensive end. 
proves to be a, a better situation for the Spurs when they have that defensive stability at that five spot. It's pretty much a by committee, by hot hand kind of thing. In reality, that's probably what's going to happen too. Mm-hmm. That's probably what's going to happen. They're not going to do anything at the deadline. He's going to be here. He's going to come off the bench the rest of the season. They make the playoffs. He's largely inconsequential in all likelihood and what's usually a defensive-minded couple of, you know, when it comes to that time of year. And then he packs up and bag, he packs up his bags and he leaves and signs with Portland. That's probably yeah. the way this goes down. So as the deadline approaches. I just approaches, spoiled the book. Yeah, yeah I just so, spoiled the book. Don't worry. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can blame uh, Casey for spoiling how it's likely going to end. But but uh, when we get back, uh, we're going to catch you up on some news and notes. And, uh, yeah, a lot more regarding your San Antonio Spurs. But before we do that, Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. I know that because I've gone through tons of them. And you will, too, once you get your first box. 18 amazing flavors. Six new ones such as cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and carrot cake. The list goes on and on. Even the original flavors are great. Orange, coconut, peanut butter brownie. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person. If you're on the keto diet, perfect. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. You can get all of that packed into a delicious treat that's also good for you. Right now, you want to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20, and get yourself 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And while I have your ear, I want to talk to you about BetOnline. Go to betonline.ag right now. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They cover awards, TV shows, reality TV, college basketball, NHL. The list goes on and on. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Just go to the website right now. Use your mobile device. Whatever you got to do. Go to betonline.ag right now and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts, and use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Casey, so let's uh, go ahead and wrap up this episode of Locked On Spurs with a few news and notes. And perhaps the big one is Spurs fans are going to go back to the AT&T Center very, very soon, just right after the break, March 14th. Uh, great uh, times for Spurs fans. It's going to be limited capacity, about 3,200. So as it's say something's better than nothing, but the Spurs definitely have a laundry list of do's and don'ts if you're going to head on out to the AT&T Center. My question to you, Casey, is with COVID still being a thing in Texas, <clears throat> Governor Abbott, um, yeah, do you think Spurs fans will go despite knowing that virus they're is still out there? They're in, they're in a lockdown. It's a good thing they're in a lockdown politics under the umbrella, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Casey, Casey would be chopping to the bit right now because before sure, it hit record, I'm Casey sure, was ready to explode. I'm sure David would love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, no, you think Spurs fans will go back? Knowing the virus is still still a bad thing yeah. and still hasn't gotten rid of, gotten left the state of Texas to some sort of degree of safety. Yeah, I think they do. Uh Mainly because I think San Antonio is a little bit different in that regard. I think San Antonio is a place where they're not one of these towns, these cities that think that this is the type of thing that just gets up, magically goes away, walks out the door, we're back to normal. This this city is this city's very aware. They're aware of what it is, and, and they're still going to take the appropriate precautions. Now, if those numbers skyrocket, which God willing, hopefully they don't over the next few weeks, 
maybe they don't turn out. But I, I, I think the the worst thing we can hope for here is that, or, or we hope does not happen here, is that something like that happens. Those numbers go up and then Spurs got to shut down again and people yeah. aren't allowed in the buildings. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that would be the worst part. But yeah. I do think that since those opportunities are there and for the most part, if you look around the league, the teams that are allowing fans back, it seems so far so good. Mm-hmm. Largely, right? For the most part, you're not seeing anywhere. And again, I don't have this, I don't have the data right in front of me to say this fully educated. I'm just kind of going by hearsay. You're not seeing any of these games turning into a super spreader or no. something like that. And I have full faith that the, Good folks at the AT&T Center are pl- plenty ready for it as well. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully they get there, stay there, watch the game, and finally kind of get that little bit of a reprieve, mm-hmm. uh, something that the city has not seen, not seen for a year. Yeah. Amazingly enough, man, a year. If you look at other games on TV and seeing how other teams have handled it, there's definitely spacing. Uh, there are spaces between uh, fans, maybe not in Houston, well, when um, that riot broke out during the oh, Spurs Rockets game, but for the most part, most teams have considerable amount of separation. Even in the teams that have allowed fans to come back, there's still like that buffer zone in the lower bowl between the seats and yeah. the court. I, I think it's like half that lower bowl is, is sectioned off, so they really separate the fans from the uh, players and not getting mm-hmm. too close. So if you're going hey, to you know, the AT&T I thinking, Center, I was thinking ahead. about, I was thinking about this on the topic of COVID. I remember, and I'm almost positive, you know, better than me. It's your show. I think I was your first guest the day after uh, Trump shut everything down. Right. Wow. Right? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, it, yes. We, yes, you were now. Remember? Yes. Yeah. I remember one. I was yeah. down, I was down, I was down the coast. And I was watching that on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day, I think you hit me up because we hadn't talked in a while. I yeah. don't think we had, I don't think I had been on since uh, since we met up at that Nick game. Yeah. In November. It'd been a minute. So, yeah. What a way I to come back, now. right? <laughs> I know. I know. We're here. We're here. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's been a year uh, since that AT&T Center has been full, but it's not going to be full to capacity. Again, uh, keep an eye out uh, uh, from the uh, any news from the Spurs regarding uh, ways to get back in, how you get tickets, et cetera, et cetera. I know some Spurs fans will show up, but if you do, just please be safe. And if you've been following um, the reports that I've shared, they have robots. You're going to see robots patrolling the AT&T Center much to the nerd side of me, I wish I can go and I'll check out those robots. But nevertheless, yeah, the Spurs have definitely taken uh, precautions welcoming fans back. In other Spurs news, uh, quickly, uh, the Austin Spurs took a hard hit on the player side. Uh, the Kings uh, recalled Robert Woodard II. Basically, he was just on loan to Austin. That's what it comes down to. He got hurt in a recent game. Uh, the Kings uh, brought him back. Why is it a big deal? Because he was their third best player outside of Lucas Omanich and Trey Jones. And the Austin Spurs are fighting for their playoff lives right now. Four teams are pretty much locked in. Only four more get in. So hopefully that doesn't derail the Austin Spurs playoff hopes. Also, another Spurs news. Uh, Lonnie Walker spoke to me recently about the play of Lucas Omanich since he's been recalled from the Austin Spurs. And Casey, 
I'm going to quote Luke. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to quote Lulani here. I'm very impressed. What are your thoughts on young Luca since uh, he's been uh, recalled? Looks all right. I mean, he's he's oh, crowd again. Yeah, but I, I I think the thing with him is that every night he's showing us a little bit a little bit more about his game that we didn't see the night before. Mm-hmm. And that Brooklyn game was the big thing that stuck out to me was the versatility on the defensive end. And he looked mm-hmm. really good. He looked really fluid on switching a lot of these defensive assignments. Now, I wouldn't trust him you know, picking up Kyrie Irving for 30 minutes a night. I don't think that's good on his side. I don't think anyone would put him, give him that mm-hmm. task. But that's not something we really knew about him. We weren't associating him for his defense or something. You never associate any stretch Euro, anything with their defense. So that's not going to be the assumption. But I feel, and, and, and this is obviously a good thing because we're learning and we don't know what his ceiling is yet. That's only going to come with time. But I feel like since he's been back, however long, a week or so it's been now, it's been largely when you put him in the, the, when you have the tempered off reasonable expectations, it's been pretty good. It hasn't been, Mm -hmm. you don't go as far to say that as it being great or mind blowing, but it's been effective. Largely it's been more good than bad, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. And you look at some of the numbers and I get it. It's a very small sample size, very small with three games since the recall, but he's the numbers show something there. You look at what do you, okay. Let's talk about the defensive end. Okay. In that game, I guess the nets, uh, Samadak posted a defensive rating of 85.3, the highest among the team. And in the last three outings, uh, before the next game, he's averaging a defensive rating of 99.9. Again, small sample size, I get it, but at least that's a foundation. And uh, what does that mean? You're better with numbers. Where is that comparatively <laughs> speaking? That is. What do you mean by comparatively? In the middle. I don't you're understand. Getting, like you're, you're you're saying you're saying his rating is this and that what does that mean though like, like you're saying oh his impact yeah. yeah yeah his, his that defensive impact like, that's a good thing yeah so that, that means that, that's good um that's under 100 points so when he's on that court the team's defensive rating um they would hold in, in on on average in the three games under 99 when he's in that oh. on that floor defensively yeah that's a small uh, sample size yeah it's a small <laughs> sample size i get it but again that's why i, I caution by saying it's a foundation if you just want to see progress and development well, you're getting it uh right now before your eyes now did he have a, a bad game uh before uh, against the pelicans of course he did he didn't make a basket but he's getting rebounds he's he checked zion for a couple plays he even made him pass the ball out a couple times on the defensive end but his he first didn't he didn't <laughs> die yeah so all in all i think he's doing good lonnie went on to say that uh quote his movement laterally is great especially with his size Defensively, I'm very impressed on how he's come to play. Uh, He's not the only one, and who's been saying this, uh, Austin head coach uh, Matt Nielsen, uh, he said that that's one of Lucas' goals when he went to Austin was to get solid on the defensive end. So, hey, look, if you want to play in Spurs' system with Pop still there, that's the best way to do it. And he's showing Pop that there's something there. Is he going to win the Defensive Player of the Year award? No, but... He's definitely uh, making a big impact on the defensive end from what we've seen in this small set. 
But uh, yeah, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the second half of the Spurs schedule? You think it's going to crush the Spurs? Or you think the Spurs are going to fight through and shine bright? And what do you think about LaMarcus Aldridge coming off that bench? Temporary, permanent, or a sign of something immediate to come in his future? We want to hear from you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. Make sure to um, subscribe to Locked on Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Whether that be uh, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. The list goes on and on and on. And also, while I have your ear, I want to talk to you about Locked on Today. If you need everything when it comes to the world of sports, well, check out Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, they have you covered as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Casey, how can fans interact with you? And I'm definitely seeing a lot more interaction on your oh, yeah, uh, side. Dude. Well, it's yeah, thing about having fun, man. Well, Casey, you're kind of like um. You're like a, a double-edged sword in a, in, a, in a positive way when it comes to content. You got your takes okay. on the Spurs side, and you got a glimpse into your life with your wife on uh, Vieira's and SA. <laughs> Tell everybody about that. Oh man, if you like two young millennial newlyweds, just I don't know, being our organic selves, doing silly stuff, and you got eight to ten minutes to take out of your day and have some fun. Hey. Well, I know a place to go. Go to YouTube, type in Vieira's in SA. That's where you'll find us. We do exactly that. Uh, that's one side of the edge sword. What's the other side of the edge sword? What was that the thing you, you said? Um, come on, on Locked On Spurs takes. and you do your Spurs yes. takes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The main reason I'm on the program today. Uh, yeah, at Casey underscore Vieira. Talk to me. Let's have some fun. Casey's just going to put out one-worded things like Lonnie Walker, and that's it. I told you. Yeah, I I don't think I've been on the show since I had this take that all you have to do in a tweet is just put either DeMar trade or the word Lonnie, and you're just going to light the fuse (laughs) to a freaking bomb, man. One of these things. We love doing that. Hey, you know what? It prompts some funny reactions. It's good. It's good. It's good. All it. the more reason to go check out Casey um, right there as well as on uh, Vieira's and SA. But you do keep out the Spurs talk on Vieira's SA. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you do Oh, but Uh-oh. you want to see a great Spurs-related fashion choice in this week's episode, I highly re- recommend checking it out. All right. We'll leave it at that. I, I had a nice pick. I had a nice pickup. I picked up a couple weeks ago. I don't want to say I waited for the appropriate time to wear it. I didn't have any scheduled date that I planned on wearing it, but it was there. I knew I was. It doesn't necessarily even go hand in hand with the video, but it's just pretty cool. So, yeah, do it. Check it out. All the more reason to go check out Vieira's and SA, as well as following Casey Vieira. So for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.